They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Hello and welcome to the Juan Juan Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, consider signing up for the Patreon. There you get ad-free content, early access, exclusive episodes, and monthly supporter hangouts. You can find it at patreon.com slash the Juan on Juan podcast. If you don't like the subscription-based models, there are other ways of supporting the show that are linked in the description. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Juan on Juan podcast with your host, Juan Ayala. I feel that perhaps it would be best that I'm a spiritual. I have taken by the whole concept of the spirit. I've had too many things happen to me in my life that proved to me over and over again that there is another world coexisting with ours. It's so weird because you like catch glimpses here and here and here and you're trying to tie it together because it's all like that. Like I felt like I was gone forever, but then when you think about it, it and you try to place back some of your memories, it was just all so quick. It was so much information to download at one time. It's just all at once. It's the absolute. It's everything all at once. We really hope it's something that we can bring to the people, let some people experience because it's special. I mean, it really, it really is. It'll change your life. It like a DMT trip or something like that where it enlightens you where you're like whoa was that was even that real this was real I wasn't tripping how the hell did the audio frequency but being a layman coming into it I would have never thought that yeah I didn't never think that an audio frequency would make me hallucinate Social media at the Juan Juan Podcast. 
and tjojp.com. Make sure to get your Cultus Mundi comic book, all that good stuff on there. And today, returning guest, Stacy Brown Jr. What's up, bro? How you been, man? What's up, man? I'm doing all right, dude. I've been like uh, living like an old man, been gardening. I got I got two gardens I'm pretty proud of. One's like an acre. Nice. Or damn near it. It's like a hundred or it's forty four hundred foot hundred yard rows or hundred foot rows. So I don't know. It's a big damn garden. But how many acres yeah, you got up fun, there? Dude. Uh five. Well, we live here. Nice, because you're in north so. north central Florida, right? Uh, yeah, just in like the panhandle. So right below Tallahassee. Okay. Okay. You yes. know, uh, we're about 15 minutes to the river, about 15 minutes to the beach. Nice. So, uh, yeah, good. And you're, we've had a lot of people the last couple of years, you know, like fleeing the food restrictions, you know, moving into town and shit. So mm-hmm. it's definitely getting bigger. Um, but it's still got that small town feel to it. It just don't have like the, like when I grew up here, you knew everybody, you know what I mean? And there's people, uh, I see brand new every single day. Damn. So no more of that small yeah. town, small town feeling, right? It's more And that's how it is here in central Florida too. I'm over in the St. Cloud area and it's just, they're building, there's way too many damn people. I mean, there's just way too many people and they just keep eating everything up. All the wildlife has nowhere to go. So right. Before we get into it, Stacy, where can people find you? You've done various documentaries. You guys have a new podcast, which I think is hilarious. Where can people find your work? You got a website or YouTube channel or anything? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can look us up, Outcast Paranormal. Um on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, there's a TikTok, I believe. Yeah, there's a TikTok. Um, and, yeah, we got a link tree posted there. We went away from the dot-com. I just felt like we had a dot-com for a few years. Just didn't really get the traffic like social media sites do. So, what mm-hmm. you know, what's the real point keeping it up and all that time and effort? So, um, but yeah, the podcast uh with a k is our new podcast um so we're just live from the woods every week you can find that on youtube uh, spotify itunes all yeah bigfoot's one of the hosts man Um, (laughs) but i think he's went off i think he's went off to rehab or he's going off because he has a shaving addiction at this point so yeah sucks man i hate it for him i got him into it because we're going on spring break i was like yo hey why don't you just kind of tighten it up a little bit you hairy bastard you know because we're (laughs) we're out in taco bell bro like i want to get my food i don't want to get screamed at so then he just found it like satisfying it's almost like those zip popping videos so like we would catch him like up four o'clock in the morning in the bathroom just like you hear him yes (laughs) you like shave a strip and he's just like Oh, you fucking yeah! He leaves yeah. that heavy ass like happy trail, but it's just like <laughs> his whole stomach, just like up to his face, bro. Can you imagine that? Yeah, and so like last I seen him, he shaved his head. So he's nice. gotta go take a break for a minute. So, Stacy, since we last talked, I saw the skunk ape, skunk ape experiment 
part two of the trilogy. And has anything changed? Have you guys, do you feel like you've made contact since the filming of that, right? The filming of that aside in the, cause I know you're always lingering around. Have you made any contact? Have you seen anything new? Have there been any new updates that you can share with us? Uh, yeah. So we filmed what we're releasing now is stuff we filmed a year ago. You know what I mean? Uh, so like skunk ape experiments is from like January of last year. Uh, the last thing we did, we went to the conjuring house, uh, and we did something that was like life changing for me, you know? Uh, we did this guy, Jay Prather's experiment called the world gate. And what it is, is it's basically a hemisync of your mind. Okay. So our brain is in the two hemispheres. One is like your critical thinking and one is your creativity side. So the theory here is that children see spirits I think we all agree that children see a lot more stuff than we do as adults. And that's because their brain hasn't split into two hemispheres yet. They're still synced up. So the world gate uh, actually is using this old, it's a, it's a blend of experiments from like the Sumerians used to do this, the Babylonians, uh, the Nazis did it. They were using it to remote view the allied forces, uh, the CIA did it. And they're like, yo, we're an energy hologram, all this stuff. And then like the Monroe, uh, Institute kind of got based off of that same stuff. And so what that's just promoting is like astral travel. So the world gate takes that part of it. Okay. They're pumping frequencies into six participants heads. So throughout the house, we are split into different areas that are determined by Gematria, the like the universal, I can't remember, numbers, right? So every single thing was split to that. Like even the contestants or participants, you, uh, like RPG, he didn't get to do it because his name just didn't line up with a seat. So we put somebody else there. And like the first experiment, I had two chairs. And then we realized that one chair, uh, the reason I had two chairs is because he had run my dad's information, my dad's name, right? And put the junior on there. And my dad's been passed away, which we thought was really, you know, just a hell of a coincidence. So we left that seat for my father to see if he could help out, you know, from the other side, possibly help out participants. Anyway, so what it's doing, you have your participants throughout the house or the property uh, in a SEPA symbol. So it's basically a pentagram, but the Egyptians call it a SEPA symbol, right? It's been used long before uh, Western culture started calling it what we did. And you know, giving it these real evil connotations and stuff like that. So everybody's split out and you're laying on a cot with a, with a 
something covering your eyes, like an eye mask, sleep mask. And they're putting, Jay is putting these binaural sounds into your head. So the goal is, because the left side of your brain is like at 13.8. Uh, the right side, if I remember correctly, is around uh, 8 to 12, right? So what he's trying to do is is bring our brains, sync our brain's frequencies to the same, and then drop it down to 6 hertz. And at 6 hertz you leave your body. Okay? It sounds insane. Like, I'm like, whatever. So, anyways, he's pumping these into our heads. And then there's also a speaker in the room that's the sounds being pumped, a different sounds being pumped into that. And then there's a mic on that speaker and it's recording it. So, it's taking that back to the center of the experiment the center of, there's a seventh contestant or participant. I don't know why I say contestant. This ain't a game show. Uh, just forgive me. I'm going to say it three or four more times. Um, the, the, there's a participant in the center. And so he's surrounded by subwoofers. And it's blowing all these sounds back out of the rooms into the middle onto him. And the goal is to open a physical portal. Right? Uh, and you're using everybody's in energies and stuff, and you know, we're trying to open a physical portal. What happens, what happened is that we, we, we astral traveled. Like, I had hallucinations from an audio frequency, right? So uh, that was odd. Like, I didn't expect that, but I'm seeing... The best way I can describe it is I see my past, my present, my future, and I went to heaven and hell all in 47 minutes. Um, so what the, the CIA said is that when your, your consciousness leaves your body, you go to a place called the absolute. And the absolute is everything. It's the whole deal. Everything all at once. It's It was really hard to, to take in all this information at once, right? Because it's it's all coming like this, right? Um, and in the absolute, anything's possible. You can go back in time, forward in time, do whatever you need to do. Not being trained in it. Uh, I didn't know I was just experiencing it, you know, uh, the goal at this point is to train ourselves, which we're trying to do. We're training ourselves to where we go back there and Juan can be holding a piece of paper in his, on his desk with a number on it or some kind of drawing. And I can see inside your room and tell you what was on that paper. Right. So anyways, the reason to do this at the conjuring house was, it's it in itself the numbers of it this are is it, so right? odd is this yeah it? that's it yeah um so it's so odd the just the way the numbers line up for that property they ended up calling it area 111 um and so it may not actually be a haunting 
as we would know. Now, most people are hearing stuff. They're seeing stuff. Uh, while we were there, we watched a chair move across the floor. The doors opened. Uh, cabinets opened. We got somebody or something, I should say, walking around right right there in that room. In this right one? there. We did... Yeah, we did a seance in that room after doing the first World Gate. And it was the original room where that seance was done with the, um, what are them people called? I don't know why I'm forgetting their name. But you see that cabinet, that grandfather clock right there? Mm -hmm. Uh, The door on that swung open. Can you tell us a little bit about this house? Because I've seen the movie, but I don't remember exactly what happened. What happened with this Yeah, so this is... This house was built in like the 17, 1600s, I think, um, on in the yard itself. Uh, the King James battle or King James war was fought there. I think King James, King George or something, maybe not King James. Yeah, Somebody's war was, yeah. Uh, this, this house is actually older than the United States. <laughs> um, so these people that lived here, um, they they were well-to-do, and they had a midwife. Now, as you go through this, you know, go back the other way. I'll, walk, I'll give you a tour real quick. So this is one of the girls' bedrooms. You turn around, and there's a doorway. Oh. There you go. Go through there. So then you come up into this room, and this is just like a little closet area. Uh, into the next room here, where this is where Andrea Perrin's room was. Um and then past this other room, if you keep going through the room here, um, you see that door on the wall, that, that futon or that little chair sitting in front of? Yeah, right there. Oof. That is what is called the birthing room. What? This is creepy, bro. So they only had a midwife. They were the only midwife for miles. And like the road that goes through the yard was the original road connecting Rhode Island to like you could take it to New York, right? And so like people have traveled this with like horse and buggy and shit, you know. Uh, but this room was important after we did the second World Gate. Uh, but anyways, the uh, the parents lived there. They started having all this like paranormal activity go on, and they brought in the Warrens. Um. Carl Johnson actually was the first person to go there. And then he got a hold of the Warrens. And so the Warrens came in. And in that first room we were in, they had a seance. Now, right there, that threshold, that was the center of the world gate. Okay, so there's speakers on both sides just blasting this one person sitting in the center of that. And here? No, that's the the threshold. You see the line right there? Okay. Oh, this right here? Right there. Yeah, yeah, right there. Uh, but so that, that room that's in there with the couch, that's where the famous seance happened at, that the Warrens, the table started to levitate, and uh, the lady, the, the parent lady, uh, she was thrown, and that's when Mr. Perrin got up and punched uh, old Warren in the face, whatever his last name or first name was, Ed Warren. Yeah, Ed Warren. Uh, she punched him in the face, and 
told them to get out. And then so they ended up moving out of the house, they ended up selling it and moving away. And then the second owner after that claimed there wasn't any paranormal activity happened there. Then a couple years back, 2018, my friend bought the house. Oh, so your friend owned? I mean, because I saw it was up for sale for 1.2 million. Yeah, he sold it. Oh, he, he sold it. it. He bought it for like he bought it for like four hundred thousand uh, dollars. And so when he bought it, it was just he turned it into a you know a, a a constant investigation. He had audio in every room, cameras in every room, and the stuff that happened in this house. I mean, we're talking about books just coming off the bookshelf. Uh, voices and shadows down in the basement uh which we slept in uh the well uh faces down in the well we went down in the well um and so basically it's like believed to be one of the most haunted locations in the country however i think there's more to it than just spirits that are bound to this property there was this thing about Bathsheba, like the movie made it out that there was this lady called Bathsheba that was haunting the place. That's not true at all. Um, the well was just back in that room where that table is, this right one? in there. So if you go to the yeah, if you go to the back behind that table, the the well should be right there on the ground. You guys went in here. Uh, yeah, you see that little hole right there? Yeah, we went down in it. We did an Estes method. So what we did is Corey, the, the owner of the house, he said, it's not the house that's haunted, it's the property. Mm. He said, you should bury me. He <laughs> said, you should bury me alive and we'll do a Estes method. There's Ouija like, boards all, right. all over, right? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Ouija board. So uh, that one's actually electronic Ouija board. This guy had, like laid out a bunch of uh, rim pods all over that thing, but it's just like six feet wide, you know what I mean? It's pretty big. Um. And he would have stuff going off. But so we buried Corey and handed him a set of headphones and mic'd him up, hooked him to uh, a spirit box. Then RPG went down in the well and we did the same with him. And he couldn't stay in there long. I had to switch out with him because the water was like 65 degrees. It was super cold. RPG's uh, a so crazy SOB, huh? He, he's He's all about it. He's ready to... To, to really oh, yeah. tear everything apart. And, I mean, I saw him in the part two of the skunk ape experiments, and he was kind of sort of freaked out, right, the experience that he had gazing into that mirror on psychedelics. And he's just ready right. to go to town, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he ended up doing psychedelics and staring down into that well, but I don't think we filmed it. We had so much shit going on. It was just something. He's like, hey, I'm going to do this. And then went and did it for a while. Um, but it was cool. The message he got from that lined up with what happened to me during the World Gate. Um, okay, so you guys are doing this. You said the the World Gate experiment? Yep. I looked it up and I couldn't find anything on it. Oh, yeah. It's brand new, bro. Did you guys uh, make it up or is this an actual thing? Jay, Jay made it. The guy, uh, he builds like Jay Prather from IDC Institute. He builds like um, he builds all this tech for Ghost Adventures and Nick Groff mm. and Ghost Brothers and all these people. So he's a friend of mine, and he shot. I asked him, I was like, "Hey, I need an experiment that's like groundbreaking, bro." 
I said, I need something that people are scared to do. And he's like, oh, that's cool. I've been working on one. And then uh, we had to get him some money to get everything put together, you know, and then to get down there because, like, half of the experiment had to come from Oklahoma. I have the equipment and half of it had to come from Maine. So um, he shot us a number and we made it happen. Uh, But anyways, this experiment, we start up on the experiment, right? And um, it lasts 47 minutes, but you're just, like I said, laying there listening to audio frequencies. And somewhere probably around 15 minutes, it starts kicking in. Maybe 10 minutes. I don't know. Time was really lost because it, it felt like I was under for hours. Um, but we're sitting there. We're laying down. And I start seeing these clouds, like lightning popping in the distance. And you can see it lighting up the clouds. It's like red, but now it's like dark purple. And... The next thing, I'm like flying towards it. I see him coming towards me. I feel like I'm, I actually feel like my body is flying towards it. And so when I come through the clouds, I'm looking up at this like ring of trees and I can see the stars and the clouds are going away. And next thing I know, I'm in the car. I'm in the back seat. I'm a little kid. And like, my face is leaned up on the window. I can feel the window cold on the side of my face. I'm just watching telephone pole, telephone pole, just fly by, fly by. And I realize it's me, but like I'm a, I'm a child at this point. And I don't remember that. I don't have this memory in my head, uh, which was the really weird part. Like I've seen a lady in the front seat and I knew it was my mom, but it wasn't my mom. If that makes any sense. I just knew instinctively this was my mom, but, uh, and you were it completely sober, Stacy. Completely no oh, psychedelics. I yeah. No. no, I usually don't do the psychedelics. Marijuana, you know, the devil's lettuce. No, like I got, I'm the one running all the shit. You know, like everybody else can play and have fun and get stoned and shit because they do. I ain't gonna lie. There's no drinking, but uh, I'm I'm the one having to run around and like. Make sure this is run. All right, hey, do we start shooting in ten minutes? You know what I mean. I'm producing and and directing everything. Um, and then that's all flying by, right? And then I see my kids laying in the bed uh, at my sister's house, which is I don't know why I seen them at my sister's house, but they were at my sister's house. And so after that, um, I see my girlfriend and, in our apartment. And then I'm looking at this little girl. And I love this little girl. I can feel like I'm proud of this. You know, I'm proud of this little girl. Right. I, I just I love this little girl. Never seen this little girl in my life. She turns and looks at me and smiles. Pretty smile, just, you know, normal, uh, pretty little smile. And this thing starts growing on her neck. This is the part where I said I felt like I went to hell. And 
then she makes this evil looking face, right? And then the next thing I know is that there's this golden tablet I'm looking at. I'm looking at this golden tablet. And the whole time, I feel like my body is like rocking back and forth, right? Like, well, I'm shaking back and forth. But I see this little, uh, I see this golden tablet. It's, I can't tell what's wrote on it, but it's just some writing, and it's like chipped away at the edges. I clearly see it, and then it forms. It, it like kind of starts melting down, and this like woman with dreads is there, and she's like bad. She is like, I know when I see her, like I done stepped in the shit now, right? So I'm like petrified at this point like oh damn oh damn and then i'm hearing like gunshots okay and then it's almost like i was thinking as i'm looking at her and i'm like looking around trying to take in all the the colors and shit and i'm like oh crap hey somebody's broke into the house and they're shooting everybody Somebody's somebody's walking around and killing us right now. And I didn't care. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm good. I'm good here. And so then I go back to wherever I was going with that person I thought was my mom. And I'm seeing this like field and I think it'd been like Texas or something. And it's not very like trees and it seems very hot and miserable. And I see a man standing outside of the church and he's looking and he's waiting on me. There's nobody else here. And then I get out of the car and now the car is gone. It's just me and this man. And then he starts bringing us out. Tones start trying to bring you back. Right, And you're hearing a voice now saying, you have to come back. You have to come back. I didn't want to come back. I was like, no, 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 no. What is going on? I have so many questions right now, which would later be answered through dreams. Um, and so we come, we come back out of this. And it says to wake up now. And we wake up. And I go outside, I had to ground myself. I'm out of it. Like it it takes everybody about thirty minutes to get back to the right frequency for your brain. It's like you're just like all the energy zapped out of you. You just feel dead to the world. And I go outside and Richard, uh, one of our buddies, is he's this huge dude. He's like Six five six six, nicest guy you'd ever meet. But he is wanting to kill Jay. He is pissed, bro. It's a big human to get mad like that. And Jay's, Jay's just like, oh shit. He's like, you changed the audio. You changed the audio. And I'm like crying and shit, right? Like it, it was weird the experience I had, but then the experience that he had was something different. And Jay's like, I didn't change the audio because, see, I didn't do the first world gate. I only did the second one. We did one at the beginning and one at the end. 
Richard did them both. And Richard had two very different experiences. So while we're outside dealing with this, the house starts going nuts. There is this lady screaming in the house. Lights are flashing. Uh, I guess putting all this energy into that house was either the wrong or the right thing to do, depending on how you're looking at the situation, right? So Austin and a few other guys, they go to chasing this lady through the house. They like hearing a scream in this room, and they know there's there's nobody there going to be screaming like that. So they run in there, and then the scream is from the next room. And they got like the SLS out, right? And they follow this all the way upstairs. And in each room, it's coming from the next room every time they get to it. What's SLS, they, Stacey? It's, a, uh, it's like one of them Kinect cameras that mm. show the stick figures. Okay. You'll see it on the, mm. the ghost hunting shows. So they end up hearing the scream from the birthing room, right? They open the door to the birthing room. There is a figure there, and then there is one last scream, and then it goes out. Like the figure goes away. Meanwhile, we're outside. The damn world's just come to pieces on some of us, you know, uh, like Joey. Our cameraman, he's seen himself in the womb. Um, Josh, uh, our guy that usually plays our Bigfoot, uh, he was like seeing his grandpa and stuff. And this is this is also weird. Uh, but he was seeing his grandpa. And so afterwards, we all meet in the library to debrief to talk about what happened to us. I immediately hit my girlfriend up. I'm like, yo. Oh, this is why. Because like, while I was under, my cell phone's blowing up. Right? My kids are at my sister's house. And there is a mist rolled through the living room. And they were asking me what I was doing. Because they know I like to dabble in this weird shit. Uh, so then I, I get that from them. I'm like, wow, that is so strange. I wonder if it's connected, you know, cause I did see them at my sister's house and I had, I had no, uh, idea that they were there. So I text my girlfriend and I'm like, I just ask her straight up. Are you sitting in my spot on the couch eating out of the can? And she said, uh, she's like weirded out, but she's like, yeah, I'm eating peaches or maybe pineapple, something like that. But I like reach over to my buddy, James. I'm like, look at that. Read that text out loud, bro. And so I was actually able to see them. Um, and then, so I told you earlier, I felt like I was shaking. Austin. He had, Austin, he had, uh, because he, I guess he has practice with astral travel. It was the first time for me. So he, he said he was walking through and he was shaking my cock, saying, Stacy, we're traveling, we're traveling. Get up, get up, let's go. 
right? And this whole time, I'm feeling like my body's being shaken. At some point, a green orb flies right past the window and is out in the yard. So we're all looking at that. And then Richard, when he's saying what happened to him, he said, I seen Stacy standing with a woman outside of a car. It wasn't Stacy. He was a kid, but I knew it was Stacy. So did he see the car that I was in? Me being a child. Did did we have did me, him, and Austin have stories that lined up? Richard, his his whole thing went very bad. And then there was some woman. Same woman I'm assuming that was in mine. And he got led away by a small child. He was walking down this road and the small child there was like a dog on one side, I think, and a small child on the other. The small child was begging him to come with him. So he went with the kid, and he said he thinks that's why he didn't completely go bad. Because one of the things about this experiment, if you look in the CIA documents, you can become untethered. So we're, we're, we're out in the absolute right now, right? But Jay can reel us back in. You can become untethered and you're done. Because the CIA did this for years. They had an unlimited budget. They're doing it for years. They're using people, these medical tests, whatever, however they were getting these people. But apparently you can basically become a vegetable until your body dies. Uh, he didn't tell us that till like a month ago. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, like I was reading... What a and dick. I watched this, uh, <laughs> yeah, right? So, like, I was reading some of the documents. I was like, what? Like, you can become untethered. And I'm like, Jay, what does untethered mean? He's like, oh, you're basically brain dead. Like, what the fucking, why didn't you tell none of us that, dude? Like, whatever. So, we were game. We would have done it anyways. Um, but then a guy that came from the Lizzie Borden house named Jerry, he has like an intuition. He doesn't call himself a psychic, but he gets these really strong feelings. And Josh, I guess to some people that don't know him, is a very intimidating guy, right? Big, tall guy, huge beard, bald head. And Jerry's like, hey, man, I really need to tell your friend something, but I don't know how he's going to take it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I keep seeing pictures of his mama in my head crying, and he needs to call his mom. So, this was, I told him, I was like, hey, just go tell him. I mean, uh, worst case scenario, Josh is just going to tell you, fuck off, right? He's just going to take it the hell out of his face. But he won't do that. Like, But that's the worst thing that would happen. So he goes and tells him. He goes and talks to him about it. He says, you need to call your mom, man. Something's up. You need to call your mom. Josh doesn't call his mom. Um, and the house, we all have like terrible dreams that night. I end up having a dream pick up from that church I was at. 
but like this man thinks I'm possessed and so he's whipping me and I'm up in the rafters like trying to get away from him. Was he wearing a hat, Stacy? Uh yeah. Like one of he those was. top like one of those top hats like the, you know. It's like a wider brim though. Wider brim. You know, maybe it would keep the sun off of him. Something like that. But uh it really he reminded me he reminded me of the guy this I think his name was what was the dude's name on Hell on Wheels? Swedish? Yeah. I think his name was Swedish. This very tall, scary looking dude, and he reminded me a lot of him. Okay. Uh eyes sunk in, kind of just, you know, maybe like some children of the corn shit or something. But uh yep, there you go. Oh homeboy. Right there. Wasn't that type hat, but it was uh it was a wide brim like that. And so but the guy was like bald. And um it was very like that dream actually scared the shit out of me. I woke up, I didn't go back to sleep, you know, I didn't want to get back into that. I was like, hell with it. But so we leave the conjuring house. Um Jay's all to pieces because he feels that he put us in danger with his experiment. Uh, because everybody's experiences were so like three people had a really good experience. Uh, and I don't think they actually clicked out. Maybe Austin did, but like James and uh, who were the other two? Um, like Josh and Joey. I really don't think they clicked out because they only had like one memory from it. Like they only seen one vision. I seen shit for a while. Like, I just kind of grazed over it right now. You know what I mean? There was other things in there that I was seeing and experiencing. We go to the airport the next day. We're standing in line to get on the plane home. And Josh gets a phone call and his granddaddy died that morning. Did Josh call, had done seen. Had he called his mom or he, he, he said no, right? He, nope. He was going to call when he got home. And that was rough. That was rough because Josh seen his granddaddy laughing and having fun the night before. Mm. Uh, or no, hey, two nights before because we had to spend one whole day tearing all the equipment down we had in that house. Dude, we had like an 18-foot trailer, three like huge like blue tents that we had like command center just set up, right? Because we're we're listening to everything in the house. We we got every square inch of that house covered in video cameras, and so we got this huge trailer out there. And so it took us a day to take everything down. Um, but after the World Gate, we did. We all went like doing your typical ghost hunting stuff, and. In the yard, me, Austin, and his dad, Justin, Justin Spurrier, he was the tech guy for Ghost Adventures for years. Um, we actually had this, the, the direct link, which is like a spirit box. Um, it was telling us 
where to go to find the soldiers, where the soldiers were buried. It was like, turn here, east, go east, stop, left. Like it, it, that was strange. There was so much, so much strange uh, stuff that happened after that world gate and the gold tablet. Like I, I said, I saw. That's what RPG saw when he was on mushrooms, staring into the well. So there were so many things that kind of tied in together, right there, because like RPG went and stared in the well, I believe while we were doing the second world gate, because he was bored as hell that he was left out. You know, he just, the numbers didn't line up for him to do the project. Um, and so he was doing that, and then he come out, and we were both talking about this damn golden tablet. And I don't know what it means, uh, but we hope to, hope to try again. There's a new owner there now, and it's probably out of our budget to shoot another film there. You know, because I think this one costs us close to fifteen grand by the time we, and that's just travel, mm-hmm. right? That uh, I don't think they would rent the new lady would rent the house out to us for anything we could afford. But we, we, I mean, we went all out. Like we buried Corey. We had RPG in the well, and we're asking questions from the library. Uh, and so. Corey answers a few questions, then RPG answers a few questions, and then we realize that they're talking to each other. <laughs> right? Corey is like four feet in a casket that we built in the ground, and RPG's like 12 feet down in a well. There's no way they can hear each other. And then we're sitting there doing that, and then it just stops. Uh, a bright light flashes in the library, and then everything just stops. So, man, that, that's a crazy ass story, Stacy. That, that, do you feel like you were astral traveling or time travel, or is that the same thing? Do you feel like? Because I know you said your buddy was shaking you, but do you feel like you dissolved? How real did it feel? Did you, did you... Oh, it, hey, it's like right now. Just like right now. There was no difference. I, the, the only thing I can think is that all my issues went away. All my cares went away. Like I said, I thought we were getting shot at one point. And, I, and we were all asking Jake, has everybody heard like what sounded to be gunshots? It wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, what was the gun? And he's like, there's no gunshots in that audio. You guys recorded and, this whole thing? Yeah, but see, like it's it's only personal experiences because I can't mm-hmm. I can't show you what I'm seeing in my mind. And that's that's the issue with it. But we all come out and we do exit interviews and stuff. So um my cat is eating my fucking feet up. Stop, dude. One of the things uh, of the <laughs> of the Monroe I think I think it's the Monroe Institute. So Robert Monroe because I, I, mm-hmm. I've read some of those papers. It was a while ago, but I've read some of them. And one of the things that I did not know about getting untethered, and I recently talked about on an episode, I think it was on an episode, where we all have 
like our soul body is held to us by like this astral umbilical cord, right? And like our, right. our, our soul kind of hangs out, right? He's kind of just pulling along. And when you go into certain buildings that have doorway, you know, those, those cathedrals with those circles up top, that's for your soul body. Right. And whenever you go into a through a room, the door, it cuts your soul body. That's why you forget things when you go in through a door sometimes. Like, wait a minute, because the architecture is right. is doing something to you. So I'm thinking about that. And also in that in those experiments, they talked about seeing these reptilian beings. Did you did that lady shape shift? What were the was you said she there did. were dreadlocks? She, yeah, but it was kind of like snake-like at first, like a Medusa type of thing. Very, yeah, it was. But then it turned when I, when I finally got a clear look at it, it was like dreads. You know what I mean? But this lady was like scary. But I wasn't the only one that seen her. Like Richard saw her, and then we assume that's who was screaming, and that's who they were chasing through the house. Wow! But it like I some felt banshee like, type of thing. Like she was a banshee, and she. Maybe yeah, came through the portal exactly. you guys opened up. Do you, do you guys think you succeeded in opening up that portal? <laughs> Not in the way we wanted to because we couldn't go through it. Or at least James couldn't, who was in the center. He could, What we wanted to do was open a portal that we could look into and then decide whether we wanted to walk into it. <laughs> but I think what happened was... Um, I think what happened was we left we went to where we were trying to get in that in that room and the the thing we're doing now is we're we're getting like the eeg monitors for our brains uh we're gonna have a geiger counter uh in the center make sure we're measuring any kind of radiation spikes if there maybe is a portal that's opening and i think we need to drop it down to about two hertz you know Instead of the four to six range, which is a theta state, mm-hmm. we need to go. We need to go below that, and it wouldn't be something that you could actually hear. Like it'd be below our. We would still put the headphones on, but you you wouldn't be able to hear it. But it would still have the same effects on you. Because theta is when you're sleeping, right? That's when when you're in a sleeping. It's state. like REM sleep, right? But mm-hmm. uh, the cool thing is, like you can send your brain there without actually going to sleep. Yeah. And then you can, you know, be aware. And where we went was a very real place. I honest, I'm not, I'm not scared of dying anymore. Uh, my whole outlook changed on that. My kids saw something while I was under. I saw my kids. So I don't care if anybody doesn't believe it, right? You don't have to. I, I know it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not it's not for you to believe. It, to me though, like because I saw that, my kids saw that. My girlfriend was sitting right where I saw her. I believe this absolute is the energy hologram that the CIA talked about. The universe is just energy, bro. And we're transcending becoming part of that and you're you're soul your consciousness like so biblical people christian people you know stuff like that religious people they say we have a soul science recognizes the same thing they just call it consciousness right and 
So if you're to look into kind of what science is doing with consciousness, it'll blow your mind, dude. Like some of the, and it's just all like under the table, you know, it's just below the radar. Nobody's paying this stuff any mind. But I believe when we die that we go there. And if we go there, it's all right. I mm. think what happened was, is we did it at one of the fucking probably worst places you could do it. So you don't want to do it where there's some kind of evil energy presence. So you, you said right. that, that not cause I was looking at the, right, we were going through the, through the tour, that 3d tour. And I'm seeing a lot of wood. And from what yeah. I've seen, there are certain types of materials that retain memory more than others. Wood being one of these materials where, again, you have these old saloons and these old houses that are wooden, wood floors, and they kind of hold that energy, those those emotions, those certain things. But then you said it wasn't the house itself that was haunted. It was more of the property. The, you said that the property has a war history on it? It was a war? Yeah, it's there? got a war. It's, it's got a war history, um, but there's courts all over the ground there. And this is in there's Rhode like Island, rock. right? Yeah, there's rock all up under the ground. And so, like, Justin went out and got quartz rocks for I mean, everybody. Look at the, this is the basement, right? I mean, this is... this is. Yeah, this is all stuff off of the land. Yeah, this is... This like, is... they had to dig that basement out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. And so... Justin goes out and gets these rocks and then he would put them on a seat and he would do his pendulum over the top and his pendulum would tell him if that rock belonged there or not. Uh, so, and I was, if you turn back around, uh, hold on, what staircase? Yeah, hey, go. So right there to the left behind the staircase, that's where I traveled from. But here? You know that next dot? This one? If you go to that next dot right there, I looked to the left, and I was right there. That's where I traveled from. Uh, and so we had these rocks in our hand, and the sensations that we were getting, or at least I got from the rock itself, it was the one thing that was different that they didn't do the first experiment. Because the first experiment, nothing really kind of happened. Uh, you know, they, they had a few visions, things like that, but it wasn't much to it. The second time, like I said, half of us had a really bad trip. I had a good trip and a bad trip. I would do it again right now for as long as somebody would let me. The absolute, the feeling, I assume it's heaven. I assume that's what they meant by heaven, right? When they're saying, you don't care. You, you all your you just it's just joy. It's just joy. This place we were in was bad, I think, or maybe in the way that I think Carl Johnson put it was like we're in a sea of darkness. Carl Young, you mean? <laughs> uh, Carl, Carl Johnson. Uh, so we're in a sea of darkness all the time, and here is a light. And all the things in the absolute are coming to it like a moth to a flame. And so you have all these different energies attracted for some reason to this property. And I think it had something to do with that tablet. Uh, it was 
It was, it, dude. I promise you, if every single person in the world was to do this experiment, or to even try like the HemiSync with the Monroe Institute, because I've done their stuff too, you can actually pull their tapes offline. So I have a if copy. You got noise of the, I have a copy. I just never done it because I mean, do it. So, like, but hey, you you need to get to a place where nothing will bother you, nothing will touch you, not no pets. You, if you got somebody living with you, be like, yo, hey, I'm going to be under 30 minutes. Take my calls, do whatever. Don't come and get me unless it's a life or death emergency. And then just lay there and do that shit, dude. And there's 18 of those tapes. And you can you can still travel with those tapes. The World Gate was something slightly different. But even if you're just doing the Monroe Institute tapes, and I've thought about like just having workshops where I could hemi-sync people because it will change your perception. Maybe maybe you got bill issues or you got some illness or something like that. Where I went to, bud, don't none of that matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and I want to go back. I recently, so have you ever heard of the God Helmet? Yep. So I'm, we're trying to build that right now. It kind of it it reminded me of that and how right it's able to put you in these different states of consciousness essentially with frequencies. And I mean the idea right mystical experiences in altered states while wearing the god helmet. Yeah, the yeah. idea that we're able to enter different states of consciousness through sound alone, I mean that's not too far fetched. I mean that, that that's a real thing and I and I think the government even has weapons that they're able to shoot sound at people and make them feel some type of way to where they'll, they'll run off or whatever it is. And I also did an episode recently where we talked about these goggles and I'm trying to find the patent where it was these goggles that the government had in order to detect people's auras, right? Like these, 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 again, I don't know what it is. And then you have the, if you believe it, at at the Vatican, those goggles, the glasses where you're able to see into the future, yeah, and all these different things. Well, I mean, this isn't something that's that's out of the ordinary. This is something that can happen. And the fact that you experience it, I mean, with that that wow, that story, the 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 guy with the hat. I mean, I keep thinking of this of this entity or whoever he was. Do you think that was the devil, right? Because you have the Mad Hatter. How some people I've heard different accounts of people seeing Satan and they see him with this top hat type of of I you know I didn't think about that but he wasn't a good person. His whole his whole embodiment was evil. I knew when it, when I'm standing there as a child and see the thing is I don't think that was this me. I think I've done this shit repeatedly. You hear people talk about old souls and stuff and maybe that's a thing. Maybe we're that bright light we're heading to is like being reborn into this shit because this is bullshit compared to that. Uh, I think, I think the problem with the world gate is that because the places we have planned on doing it and the places we're wanting to do it, they don't have the best. They're not the best set setting. Like the CIA was obviously doing it in a controlled lab, a warehouse somewhere or something, you know, uh, you're going to one of the most like paranormal hotspots. Like we want to do this shit at like Snake Mound, 
you know, up in Ohio and like maybe Coral Castle and, and just places like this that have a high unearthly energy, you know what I'm saying? And, and see if we can, you know, make communications with these entities because uh, I don't know what they were. We only did it. I only did it the one time. Mm-hmm. I want to do it again, something terribly. Uh, because I think if you could repeatedly do it, you could see things. You could you could possibly go under with a goal. Like, you know, like I said, come down and look, see what you put on your desk for me to see. And that's that's an experiment we're going to try. Well, uh, that's a real thing. The remote viewing is, is an actual Remote viewing is a real thing, but like, Okay, look, at the, when you're, look at the show Stranger Things when she goes into the the abyss, I guess is what they call it, or something like that, where she's able, where, where the water is. She goes into the water. Right. She's able to go and see the Russian guy or whoever it was. Like th- th- these are, I call them cinemagicians. They're putting these things in plain view because they do it right. It's a, mm-hmm. based on true events. No, no, it happened for real. They just change a couple of things up and they. Boom! They put it on your Netflix, or they put it on your Hulu, or they put it on on the uh, in the movie theater. But they're doing these things, and I think that's also a part of the ritual of presenting these things in order for the observer effect to charge it. And I mean, and I know you guys had a, another participant, which was right, your father that's passed away. So you also had somebody from the other side contributing, kind of sort yeah. of. Yeah. Well, so a number came up, and that number was a number my dad and me shared in case one of us died first. It's the whole reason I got into the paranormal to begin with was to find this number. Right? And like some way in hell, I was going to get him the number if I passed away first or he was going to get me the number. And the number came up when they were doing all the crunching. And that's why my dad was in that seat. And the tablet that you saw, was it was it a certain color? You said it was gold? It was gold. And did it have English letters on it or, or glyphs? Or... No, it wasn't. It, it was some kind of glyphs, some kind of ancient writing. Uh, it meant something. It wasn't nothing I'd ever seen, though. Because you're making me uh, think so that... of... You ever heard of a Nokian? No. So a Nokian. Unless it's like an Anaki or something? No, no, no. So a Nokian. Here, I'm going to pull up a picture of it. This is a Nokian. And what this was is John D. and Edward Kelly were doing scrying sessions. I mean, kind of sort of what you guys were doing with, with... seances right you guys were were trying to they were trying to scry into other dimensions with the use of they had this mystical furniture they had these sigils they had a crystal ball and they were seeing they were experiencing the same visions together so they had this little what is that what is that tablet there so the sigil of a met this is the sigil of a met and what does they, it have that writing on it? No, no, it does not. It does not have a Nokian on it. But Edward Kelly and John D, because I've studied them extensively, there was a vision 
that was called the Four Watchtowers. And they made a, a tablet modeled after this, this vision that they had for Watchtower. Let me, let me find it here. And it was through one of these visions and, and this other side that they were doing. And they saw this right here. Here we go. So this is the Four Towers. And he saw this tablet, I guess, or disc in a vision right. that he was having. And again, they had a whole setup. This is why people people don't understand that furniture, the way your house is set up, the way that your the the building your, your feng shui is a real thing. So they had an entire they had mystical furniture. They had four sigils on the four legs. They had a special table. They had the the sigil on here. It's all made of wax and they had a crystal ball. And they were able to scry so he would sit and look into this mirror the scrying mirror and they were able to look into other dimensions and they were able to talk to other entities on the other side. But when you're talking about this golden tablet, the first thing I thought about was the four watchtowers tablet that Edward Kelly saw and they, and they inscribed it. Right. And I mean, this is. See, there was just like, and it's very similar to that other one that you showed, but there was writing on the outside edges as well. Right, right there around the edges of the circle, those letters were big. But it, it dude, it, it would look like that other one, but it was gold, like this one. Yeah, but it was gold, and the the sides of it looked chipped and stuff. And uh, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty wild, because that 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 writing looked a lot like that. I'm not saying it's that, but it looked a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, those letters that you showed me. Listen, uh, I'm not telling you to do anything, but from what I've understood, this is a very powerful Enochian magic is one of the more powerful systems of magic that, and the Golden Dawn uses it, right? They adopted it. And oh, right on back so, to that. Yeah. So again, back to that, you have Crowley, you have all these things. Yeah. And I, again, I'm not telling you to use it on your next adventures, but. It would be something to yeah, you are. Look, look, <laughs> look into as a possibility because I think that how you said you guys were n- numerologically aligning the people's names with the areas that they were in and, and, you know, based on. And one of the things that I've always talked about, and I think this is what Pythagoras was hinting at with all his number. Well, I think it is some sort of code, some sort of organic simulation, if you will, that you're able to tap into that and manipulate it and bend it to your will. And John D was one of these guys. He was one of the greatest mathematicians who allegedly found out a way to bend reality through the use of these sigils. And part of alchemy is being able to step outside of reality, being able to dissolve away and step outside of the bounds of whatever this is and manipulate reality. Once you're in there, it's not just you step out out of it. It's like, okay, what do I do now? You're able to, transcend through reality and affect things in the real world i mean that's what alchemy is see that's a uh with the cia papers they were talking about that that you could you could bend reality you could Mm. change it to your will that that's how the manifestations and you know your intent you're putting into things uh that's how that works out but that's something that we very or i i very well think uh that we could do you know that we could actually view things in the past that we wanted to, uh, you know, maybe change this reality to how we want it to be. Because it's, 
it's just probably all just a damn some kind of like you said organic simulation and i think that they put these things in these movies too again back to the cinemagicians where they put it like the neo the matrix they do it like that but i don't think it's a computer simulation i think it's it is an organic one it's it's a living breathing entity like some religions think that think that we are thought forms of some sleeping god that we're the the projections we're in a dream of a god that's sleeping you know there's a lot of let's hope not yeah let's hope not because when he wakes up what happens (laughs) then right I mean that that's but, right. But maybe that's when we're spun back around to do this again. <laughs> you know. And and some people's cultures and religious beliefs is achieving that level of enlightenment in order not to be spit back into that samsara or that reincarnation cycle. Right? So they'll live, I don't know if you've ever seen the 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 monks that mummify themselves for over 3 years. And they'll start right. out with eating a, a certain diet of tree bark and certain plants in order to, to dehydrate themselves. They'll eat rocks. They'll eat rocks to fill their stomach up. And they'll do this. And then once they, they do that, they'll step forward to this other herb, this concoction that they make in order to purge and disinfect themselves, right? And pretty much make themselves septic to where their body is able to fight away any bacteria or anything. And then they go... And they, once they're towards the end of their life, when they've dehydrated themselves inside, bro, like they're drying themselves inside out, they go into this Mm. box where they'll ring a little bell every so often to let the the other monks that are, that are there know that they're still alive. And then when the monks don't hear the, the, the bell again, they know that they've passed away. But when they take you out of this box, when you're in this lotus position, right, the crossed, crossed legs. If you rotted, yeah. if you decomposed at all, you didn't achieve samsara. You didn't achieve nirvana. You didn't achieve it, and you would be buried. Right. But if you didn't compose, you achieved that highest level of enlightenment, and you would be put on display and worshipped, because it was like the, oh, wow. the top of the you know the, the top people were the only one. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that, Stacey? Where these monks that that they burn themselves alive and don't make a peep. Can you imagine mummifying yourself for three years, the level of dedication that it would take to achieve that in order to escape the reincarnation cycle? I mean, that's the only only problem I personally have with that, because I, I assume if you're doing that, it's getting better than whatever I experienced. Right. You're reaching Nirvana. You know, you, you are the, the top level of the food chain, you know, so to speak. If you could somehow get away from your, your missing people, that was the only thing when I was in the absolute, I missed people. I felt love, but also felt a sorrow because I was missing people that I cared about. And I guess you would have to cut free yourself from that. And if you could do that, then you could probably do anything. That was the one thing that was just like, I remember when I woke up, I was just like, damn, I can't wait to get home and see my family. And that's why those monks go into these monasteries, like in the mountains, and they leave everything behind because of that. I think that they're, they're, and again, that's a super hardcore way of looking at it. Dude, I can't even imagine doing something like that, let alone leaving your entire family and everything. But again, I think that, that, 
I grew up as a Christian, right? And you're, you're, you're prepping for the afterlife. And I don't think, I think, I don't know, man. I think that we should focus on the now, right? The present moment more than anything. Cause I mean, this could lead you down a very dark rabbit hole, right? Or a dark well or whatever you want to call it. Cause I mean, <laughs> you had RPG right. looking into the well, but. Well, you know, it's all we ever have is right now. Mm-hmm. The eternal moment. <laughs> the, the past it, the past is behind us and the future is a present. If mm. you get to experience the future, that's a that's a gift. You know what I mean? That's mm. what we call it the present. Uh or, you know, the future and shit like that. But the present the present, the right now, that that's the gift. Being here now. And people our lives are made to plan for retirement when we're sixty five. You know what I'm saying? Like we're always looking forward to the future and we never enjoy this experience. You should see people and when you interact with people as if it's, you know what I mean? The last time you'd ever see them. Is this the best moment you may, you know, this this is the best moment. We're both here together. This is, this is divine. This we're, we're meant to be here. And, I think if people could just realize that, but you know how it is. You got these damn screens, these, these, these constant rituals. We're in this ritual right now, the spring ritual. There's probably going to be, if you look back at like the last 30 to 40 years, there's always something happening this time of year. And the dates, the dates fall, you know, differently every year with the moon. But over the next two days, the 19th and the 20th is supposed to conclude this. But what have we saw? This year we saw a huge fire with the chemical explosions in Ohio. I mean, Columbine, we saw the bloodshed. We saw all these things, different things throughout. And it's just like this, it's just like these elitists are, are running this huge ritual where they're showing us little pieces, but they're programming us. To where when this shit happens, we don't pay it no mind. The world it's is stage, like, oh bro. man, right? That's all it is, and it it's hard to get people out of that trance. One of the things that I recently got done doing an episode on parallel thirty three and ley lines and telluric currents, and I don't know about this house, the Conjuring house. There is maybe a Telluric currents cross or ley lines cross and it forms a node is what they call it a node which is a center right. of energy and right the world the stage oh, one of my favorite authors writes about how the he calls it the right and this is going to trigger some people he calls it the global memory theater right and what that is is there's this concept that in a sympathetic magical way and sympathetic magic is the law of contagion the law of similarity like attracts like and things that have been in contact with one another will continue to be in contact with one another and again that's quantum physics that's on the level of right we always say quantum like we put it like this fancy name in front of it we don't understand it well that's all it's all magic and alchemy at the end of the day and he pretty much says that right the way that the war and I th and again John D was at the core of the latitude and longitude system, which is uh, the, these lines that we have on the globe or the flat Earth, whatever. But the entire world itself is this theater, 
that the elites are able to tap into and this bloodshed and these rituals, it's all to power that world grid, that world stage. And they use, I mean, ceremonial magic is doing something now, sending it out into the ether. It's going to circle back around even stronger, right? That's what the, the Super Bowl is. It was, it was on the 33rd parallel. The, the first balloon yep. that they blew up with the with the whole Chinese spy balloon thing was on the 33rd pair off of Myrtle Beach. So all these things are charging these lines, right? Baghdad is on the 33rd. Uh, the JFK assassination was along the 33rd. All these different things are, again, how you're saying, events. goes to mystical toponymy of Michael Hoffman where the correlation of place and time and names all have some sort of it, right, it affects this mathematical reality that we're in, like this, this, this grid, this hologram. How you were saying, right? And I mean, look at, look at the 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 matrix where he sees the numbers coming down. That's a real phenomenon, bro. That's called synesthesia, where people see numbers. People see numbers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a real yeah. thing. So what if this reality is numerical and value, and you're able to hack it by naming things a certain right. Crowley did that a lot. He named, uh, you know, Abrahadabra. It, it was it was 418. Like there was certain he would align things, right? Abraxas and all these different things to a numerological value in order to invoke another change in this realm or in the next realm. And I think maybe, I think you stepped into like the multiverse, bro, by doing whatever you guys were doing. Because if you think of beats or also numbers, right? It's just frequencies. And you're able to just yep. jumble it up enough to where you were going back down into when you were a kid, but it wasn't, it wasn't really you. It wasn't really your mom. It was like these entities, like these archons, right? That you said the guy was whipping you. You felt him whip you. Yeah, he was whipping me. You could feel it. You could, you could hear, I could hear the braids of the whip, like the, the end of it. You know, I could hear those parts hitting the trust mm -hmm. that you know what i'm saying as he's swinging in at me and trying to snatch me out of the top of this building because somehow or another i've gotten up there to get away from him it was it's so weird because you like catch glimpses here and here and here and you're trying to tie it together because it's all like that like i felt like i was gone forever but then when you think about it, it and you try to place back some of your memories it was just all so quick. It was so much information to download at one time, mm -hmm. right? It's just all at once. It's it's the absolute. It's everything all at once. And we really hope it's something that we can, uh, you know, bring to the people, uh, let some people experience because it's special. I mean, it really, it really is. It'll change your life. It, like a DMT trip or something like that, where it enlightens you, where you're like, "Whoa, was that? Was even that real? This was real." And I wasn't tripping. How the hell did the audio frequency, you know, being a layman coming into it, like afterwards, I read all this shit about it. Mm -hmm. But being a layman coming into it, I would know what never to expect. That, yeah. Yeah, I didn't never think that an audio frequency would make me hallucinate. And that's the thing. I don't think I was hallucinating. Just because they call it a hallucination don't mean it's not real. They just didn't perceive it as well. So therefore, it's, you know, your own vision, vision quest or some shit like that. But it was, it, it was very much like that. And 
out of all the things I've done, this was uh, the cream of the crop, bro. Yeah, that's a that's a wild ass story, Stacy. And I don't know if I'm trying to find it here. Have you ever heard of the? Because when you were in the car right, with your head up against the glass and you were watching the the poles just whiz by, there is a. I talked about it recently. It's a lamp that is on a turntable. I'm trying to find the name of it, but you put it on a turntable. And you put a, and there's a bulb within it. Right. And it's spinning at a, I think it's 86 beats per minute or something or other. And it's supposed to induce DMT like hallucinations. It's supposed to take, right, take your, I'm going to find the name of it, but I have this app on my phone that's called Luminate. And it's supposed to, it's supposed to do something like, let me see if I can, I haven't even used it, but I have to sign in. But anyways, it's supposed to use the flashlight on your phone and you're supposed to put it up to where it's supposed to, you know, it's, it's supposed to induce oh, wow. this. Oh, vid- wow. Okay. Yeah. So let me find the link. Cause I was, I talked about it on an episode not long ago and I'm, I, I talked to my friend that we were going to, we we're going to make one. Let me find it here. But yeah, I don't know Let's if you've heard about that. That was also one of the things. There's this thing that people you can rent and they use it for like psychiatry or like uh, hypnosis and shit. They'll bring this light and they set it over your uh, like your where your third eye would be, and it just flashes these this light sequence, and it's supposed to you know um, you know induce like a DMT type trip, and so um, we wanted to you know, put that in the experiment as well to see if maybe that would, that would uh, help because I was so listening the, to somebody, the dream machine. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's what the dream machine. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to send you the, I'm going to show you here the, the images of it, but it's very simple to make, but continue with, with your story. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Hell, what was I even saying? <laughs> so, yeah, I was talking about the... Shit, I'm so bad at this. Uh, you guys were finding a way oh, to... to, to... Oh, what? Well, well, yeah, I done lost it now. Yeah, I spaced out. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. So this thing right here, the oh, wow. dream machine, the psychedelic contraption hoping to blow British minds. And what it is, is on a turntable, right? There's certain shapes that are cut out and there's a lamp inside of it. And it spins at a certain rate. And what you're supposed to do is put your face to it and you're going to trip balls, right? You're going to go into this other dimension. And the, and this guy was the one that made it, Brian Jisson. And the way he was able to find it was he was on a car window, Right, and you know, as a kid, you have the the light posts, right? And he, I think it was on a, on a bus, right? And he put his face in the glass, and 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 you know how the trees block out the light, and you kind of see like all these things. Well, he was he had yeah. that one day, and he said that he had this crazy experience. He's like, I want to replicate that again. So he made this right. this thing where he you sit in front of it, and that's what the phone the app is supposed to do, where you're supposed to just put it in front of you. It's going to simulate. Instead of you having to build the whole thing, it kind of simulates those light flashes. I don't know if you have you ever done sensory deprivation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I want to do like the Aaron Rodgers thing where he went into the dark room for three days. I want to see how that, <laughs> you know, see how that works out. But uh, if there was a way we can, like, we're we're trying to, to go to this guy David Eckhart's house and we're wanting to build a sensory deprivation tank. That's the guy with the somehow, worms and shit. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, we're 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 still about to make a trip there. So he, he just got such crazy shit going on, and I think that's a place of high energy where we could, you know, it'd be a good place to try these type of experiments, to try to leave our bodies again, to maybe find out what's going on, you know, because I think, I think with practice, if you did it enough time, you could get used to it. It'd be like driving a car. Eventually, you're good at it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Maybe you could contact these entities and find out more because here I was thinking it was me as a child. Mm-hmm. I'd never thought that, you know, of, of how you had said, I, don't, I can't remember what you called it, but, uh, you know, that lady that I thought was my mom may not actually been my mom. Maybe been some type of entity just making me feel that way. Yeah. Guiding you, right. Pushing you right towards a way. And that, and, and like the, 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 the I'm going to call him the mad hatter. He kind of felt like a, like a gatekeeper of some sort. Like he was there to maybe initiate you by whipping you into submission or doing something right. Breaking. Maybe he was trying to break your ego. Cause that's also a part of these experiences. You, you have an ego death. I mean, well, what if you were in this state where they quite literally killed your ego off, like in, in a literal sense. And I think, I mean, this sort of thing, I don't know. I mean, it kind of, I might open you, you up to, to other cans of worms stacy right if you look too much into the abyss the abyss stares back into you type of thing right so and and did they ever conclude these experiments did did you read about that the cia concluding them what did they ever say did did any people there's uh, well they come out saying that all religions are true whatever the hell that means it was all very vague it was like we live in an energy hologram and i didn't know what that meant until, because when you hear the word hologram, you know, obviously, you know, you're thinking Tupac on stage with Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but that's not it at all. The hologram is you seeing, you know, you're perceiving all this energy that's together. Like, so, oh, that's what I was saying. Like, we was talking to the scientist. If you can get your frequency to match the frequency of the wall, theoretically, you could walk through it. Yes. Right? So if we can lower the frequencies to like two below theta stage, can you leave the matrix? Can you wake up? Can you get out? And that's, you know, that's the thing is doing this experiment did open a whole new can of worms. When was this, Stacey? Was this recently? I shit. This was this was um uh, it was about five or six months ago, I think. Mm, okay. I can't remember the exact date. Uh, I've had so much shit going on. We bought a house and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was. I want to say it was last year. Um, but it was so it was so strange, man. I I just can't get over how opening this can of worms. I'm cool with it though. Like, right. Because this reality gets boring. This reality is monotonous. This, this reality is, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, it's not real. 
It's like a reality TV show. It's, it's a all Truman scripted. Show, yeah. It's like you said, it is. It's all a Truman show, you know. And if we can break out of the matrix, uh, would you do it? Would you wake up to the actual real world? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Would you leave everything I behind? I mean, that's the that's the Faustian pact essentially. What are you willing to give up to learn the right. secrets of the secrets? I mean, the the Eleusinian mysteries. We still don't know what the fuck they were, but it was probably a whole bunch of dudes in a secret society taking psychedelics, tripping their balls off, trying to do the same thing that you were you and your friends were doing, trying to decipher this reality. And I mean, it's 2023, and we still don't know what they were trying to do <laughs> right they knew you know what i mean and it's i think that's part of the quest that a lot of people unless unless you're okay with this like i mean don't get me wrong i'm happy in my life i love my life uh i do all kinds of cool shit i just got back from a working for the cajun navy uh doing a tornado disaster relief like i i do all these different really cool things but the problem with it is, is if you did leave the matrix and you learned the secrets of the secrets, is that place better than this? Like, did we, did we figure out AI 5,000 years ago and they put us in this stage because they figured this was the best for, mm -hmm. you know, our survival, you know, because maybe out there it's like in the matrix, everybody's mm. in a fucking pod and it's terrible. Mm. You know, uh, but I think it because there's nothing left to explore on this planet. There's don't really think so. not. I think so, bro. I mean, I the, mean, the bottom of our oceans, dude. Come on. Yeah, but that's not nothing I can do. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> me personally, I can't I don't have the funding to do that kind of shit. Uh, and I think James Cameron can. Front, yeah, James Cameron could do everything, bro. Didn't you see that episode of South Park? No, I didn't <laughs> see that episode, but I mean... I, I, <laughs> you gotta watch it, dude. <laughs> I like Avatar, so... <laughs> yeah, uh... But The Last Frontier is reality itself. Mm -hmm. What is it? You know what I mean? What is it? Is it? Is it what science says it is? Science in general is, is constantly changing. It's never settled. When you find out something new, that's what it is. We don't understand uh, quantum physics good enough. Mm -hmm. I don't think to to actually say what any of this shit is, but yeah, their their explanation they, them leaving off was very vague, you know, uh, about what they concluded. They left a paper out for the longest time, <laughs> like page twenty six or something was left out, and th that fell into our lap. Like Jay got a hold of it, and that's what started this whole thing. So, here coming in the future, you're gonna see Nick Groff. He's he's trying a smaller version of this, right? Because once we did it, somehow or another, it got out into the paranormal world, and the the bigger players in it have now heard, right? And Nick doesn't want to go in all the way, but he's got a little experiment. I won't say what it is because I'd probably get Jay in trouble. Uh, Jay's building for him. It's more along the lines of a hemi-sync. Mm -hmm. But the world gate, the world gate itself, uh, it's a special, special experiment. And I'm hoping one day people can experience it, you know, because it, 
it will evolve too. It will, you know, it will change because it's what works, what doesn't work. Because what our goal is is to escape mm-hmm. from yeah. prison, bro. The prison's nice, but you you know it just as good as I know it, just as good as everybody that came before us knew it. Mm-hmm. This ain't real. What the Gnostics were talking about, right? Stacy, you crazy son of a gun, Lord of Man. When can we expect to? So is this coming out on? Is this going to be a separate documentary? That's also coming yeah. Out? This will come out. This will come out first of October, right at Halloween. So nice. it's so it because it's the Conjuring House. We still do some paranormal, mm-hmm. normal paranormal shit. Like we do a seance in there. That's pretty wild. Like I said, we did the six feet under experiment with the Estes method. Uh, so the but we didn't go into the conjuring house uh, just settled on, Hey, there's just ghosts in here. No, uh, there's something more to the place. And I think that's, what's going to uh, differentiate us from mm-hmm. all the other conjuring house documentaries that have come out where people just go and they investigate for the weekend and they show their little EVPs. Like, we went deeper than that, bro. Cause that's not, that's been done. You know, what's the point of us retreading it again? Uh, let's see what the energy is here. Let's let's try to find some deeper meaning to all this. But uh, yeah, I look for that in October. Nice. And that's one of the things I like about you, Stacy. that you right. You talk about how it's already been done. So why keep on doing the same thing over and over again? Let's switch it up. And, that you know, I can respect you for that, for trying to be an innovator and change things up in the game, which is something that I try and do as well changing things up in the game and bringing new perspectives and talking about new things, right? Cause it's all been, there's nothing new under the sun. Well, you got to work with what you got. So switch it up a little bit. And, and I can admire that about right. you. So Stacy, this was awesome, man. This is a crazy story and I'm sure people are going to dig. They really liked our first episode. I know we didn't talk about the skunk ape experiment too, but I'll have you back on so we can talk about that. Hopefully when it comes out, it's coming out, it's on the way to the distributor. So if y'all just check out outcast paranormal, follow us on our socials and stuff, it'd be out. It's another Bigfoot film. You know, we dabble in some other things, but, Mm -hmm. uh, this is, I really, I've been really wanting to share this story and I haven't told this. Right. And like, it's killing me to wait till October for everybody to see it. <laughs> like it really is. Well, if you want, I could put this out obviously before that people hear the story and then they can check out the documentary, right? I'll put all the links and everything in the, in the description. And yeah. So Stacey, you want to plug anything else before we get the fuck out of here? Nah, man. Uh, just say, check the podcast out. We, uh, We've got about five episodes, six episodes out, something like that. And uh, it's once a week, but we're digging it. It's like comedy relief. We it's talk hilarious. about everything yeah. from talk about everything from dolphins to a NASA project where a woman's jacking off a dolphin. So <laughs> Yeah, I enjoy <laughs> we're going it. Man. it all. It's it's pretty funny, so people can check that out. All the links will be in the description. Stacy, thank you again so much, bro. And we'll do this again soon, man. Yeah, bro. Appreciate it, man. I feel that perhaps it would be best said that I'm a spiritualist. I am taken by the whole concept of the spirit. I've had too many things happen to me in my life that proved to me over and over again that there is another world coexisting.